MSW Media. Have you been naughty or nice? Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Happy holidays to you, my friend. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Claus. A happy holiday to you as well, and happy holiday to you listening out there, out in the podcast universe. Um, I am Dan Dunn, and this is what we're drinking. This episode, we're calling the Guests of Christmas Past, and it's a play on words because it is Christmas and uh, we have guests. Uh, one of the most reliable arrows in my quiver, if you will, is that I've got a big catalog of interviews with luminaries. And um, some of you may know that prior to this podcast, I hosted a, another podcast called Drinky Fun Time with my friend Emma Patterson. We had a, a grand time doing that show. And, and in the course of doing it, we got to interview a bunch of fabulous guests, among them uh, Maynard James Keenan, the lead singer of Tool, A Perfect Circle, Pussifer, a bonafide rock god, Maynard. Uh, he guested on the show twice, actually, and the, the second time we recorded at Maynard's Fortified Compound in Jerome, Arizona, along with his wife, Jen. And it was right around Christmas, and Jen had a recipe, uh, a variation of the Moscow Mule, and we we made that. And, and coming up in a little bit, you're going to get to hear that. Maynard's got a lot going on there. He shares his view on ghosts. We get the recipe for that drink. It's a, a Southwestern-themed variation on the Moscow Mule. And that's coming up in just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> folks... To my great disappointment, uh, in these modern times, it has somehow become fashionable to hate on the holidays. It's gotten to the point where it feels like everyone I know is competing for who dreads this time of the year the most. Who's filled with the most ennui, the most year-end work stress, or the greatest resentment of short days and like gift drama. Well, I, for one, stand as a proud bulwark against this performative scrooginess i love the fucking holidays okay i love them this may of course have something to do with the fact that uh, around this time of year i'm uh, traditionally tasked with compiling a list of the 20 best whiskeys for a publication called rob report Uh, it's a task i consider far too pleasurable to really be considered a task um see the short days just mean longer evenings and evenings are when you drink scotch did the holiday music start too early for you this year? Nothing drowns it out like a dram of liquid gold. The way I see it, we're not going to have 2019 to kick around much longer, so we'd better kick it extra hard while it's still here. 
This year saw a, uh, a blossoming of innovation and a deepening of tradition across the venerable whiskey houses of the Highlands and the Hebrides. That's in Scotland, of course, not to mention the Lowlands and Isla. Uh, on the one hand, you may have the uh, Glen Mar- Morangie Grand Vintage Malt 1991, which was surprising because it's uh, sort of a bald f- uh, flaunting of the rules there. Uh, it was a marriage of two profoundly different whiskeys, which ordinarily would never be brought together. On the other hand, you have the warm, leathery embrace of the Glendronic Master Vintage 1993, which is, to paraphrase Lionel Blue, just like its other classic expressions, only more so. So I hope you'll join me if you're out there right now. I don't know where you are. If you're driving, don't join me, but or you're pushing a baby cart, don't join me. But But if you can, if you're in a position to join me, to push back against the dismal forces of oppression, depression, and repression. And let's take back the holidays for what they've always been for. Scotch, 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 and more scotch. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is scotch, scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Ron Burgundy. Uh, I'm having some scotch right now. Hear it? There it is in my glass. Mm. Mm. And it's one you might have heard one uh, heard of called Johnny Walker Blue Label. Uh, okay, let, you know this is arguably the best known premium blended Scotch in the world. To many a whiskey lover, uh, Johnny Walker Blue is like a favorite pair of Levi's. Right? It's like comfortable, reliable. It's always in style. The folks at the House of Walker claim that only one out of every ten thousand casks in their stocks are going to make the cut for this blend. And many of those come from distilleries that are no longer in operation. So Johnny Walker Blue is indeed a rare treat. Rare also because it's $225 a bottle, round there, round about there. Uh, But it's soft and mellow and has sherry and honey and vanilla notes. It's really one of the great sipping whiskeys that's ever been. Um, You can can enjoy it neat. I like to have it with a little cube in there. Hear that little cube? That's me. Mm. that's how I like to roll with my Johnny Walker blue. So just so you know, hi, this is Zane Lamprey. You are listening to what we're drinking with my good friend, Dan Dunn. Always a good time. That is a fact. That is an absolute fact. Cause I've done it several times. Zane Lamprey. I got to hook up with that guy some point over the holidays and have some drinks. Okay. So, uh, we got the Maynard thing coming up in just a little bit, so stay tuned for that. Uh, first, I want to speak to something that's going on right now, something terrible. Talking about war, people. Specifically, the war on Christmas drinking. Among my fondest memories uh, from growing up in Philly was when the whole family would pile into our beat-up station wagon on Christmas Eve and drive out to the suburbs to see the ornate light displays on the rich people's houses. My mom always drove. She told us that was because she knew the best blocks for driving the lights, as we called it. And because my stepdad's specialty was spotting Santa's sleigh in the night sky. But while it's a fact that my stepdad spent most of those rides gazing out the window into the darkness, I knew the real reason he never drove the lights was because he had his own special tradition, guzzling beer the whole time we were out there. He was amazing at it, actually. He averaged about a yingling and a half per house, Two, if we lingered at one of those places that looked like, you know, something out of a Clark Griswold acid trip. It's not like my stepdad was a bad drunk. He wasn't. He's just a very thorough one. 
at least when it came to Christmas. So every year, like clockwork, he would start hitting the sauce with a purpose around about December 22nd, and he kept going until the final college ball game on uh, New Year's Day. And then he'd let everyone know he wouldn't be touching another drop until the lead-up to St. Paddy's Day, which started somewhere around the third week of January. So back then, it never struck me as odd to see a grown man grog his way straight through a holiday season, probably because all the other grown men and women on our block were doing the same thing right alongside him, drinking and eating and singing and doing who knows what else, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. We lived in a blue-collar neighborhood full of roofers, nurses, firefighters, construction workers. So, like, getting blotto for 12 days straight was our parents' reward for busting their humps all year uh, just to keep roofs over our heads. And they didn't invent this behavior, right? Of course not. I mean, though they might be a bit dim on the details. It turns out they were following a tradition that dates back to the Middle Ages when peasants would go wassailing, which is a fancy way of saying the poorer folk would walk around their village knocking on wealthier folks' doors and demand booze in exchange for loud, drunken song. Yeah. Hmm. Johnny Walker. Those poor bastards weren't going to be denied, as evidenced by the infamous third verse of We Wish You a Merry Christmas, wherein the mob switches from the good wishes and good tidings and asking for figgy pudding to make it clear they were not fucking around and maybe you could put a little pep in your step. Remember the lyric? We won't go until we get some. We won't go until we get some. We won't go until we get some. So bring some out here. Thank you. So next time you hear that, Diddy, in a one of those uh, K Jeweler commercials, just remember, it's the song of an angry, drunken mob. And woe betide the stingy Brahmin who denied the rabble their wassail bowl. Miserly houses were targeted with acts of mischief or vandalism. It was basically Halloween, except on Christmas. And with adults who are not only three sheets of the wind, but infinitely better than children at stomping decorations. It was truly the most wonderful time of the year. Which is to say, my stepdad's biggest problem wasn't drinking too much at the holidays. It was not getting out of the car and singing at the top of his lungs until the McWelthingtons came out and gave everyone shots of Jameson. So I'm not convinced there's a war on Christmas. But if there is, uh, someone should tell the malls. Because those places are Christmas as fuck. But I'm now convinced there is a war on Christmas drinking. Take what happened to me the other day. Some friends and I got lit up and headed over to Brentwood to get our wassail on, and we were arrested before we even got to the second verse of Hopelessly Devoted to You. I think if Mr. Travolta had just come outside with a bottle of tequila, all would have been forgiven. Just kidding, I didn't really go Christmas caroling at John Travolta's house. He has done it to my house, though. But anyway, the old school with sailors were shameless, and if we really want to make Christmas drunk again, we're going to need to emulate them. Luckily, our president knows a thing or two about shame and how to never experience it. When I think of his example, I don't just see glimmers of hope in our political landscape. I see 70,000 lumen spotlights of hope looking for people with the nerve to try to escape freedom. He's promised to drain the swamp. I think the least we can do in return 
is drain the eggnog. And sure, he can't stop talking about wanting to lock her up. But in light of recent developments regarding his own political fortunes, maybe he'll start singing a different tune. I'm hoping he switches to liquor up. Wait, what? Trump doesn't drink? Oh, well, my producer's telling me that Trump doesn't drink. All right, well, at least we all know he's dreaming of a white Christmas. Regardless, make sure you do your part to make Christmas drunk again this year. If we don't take a stand for the old ways of doing things, no one else will. It's urgent that we reestablish Christmas as a day when no one looks at you funny when you crack a bottle of scotch at 9 a.m. Besides, shouldn't parents have something to look forward to on Christmas morning, too? Speaking of scotch, I have now switched over to a different one. Yeah, that's right. Here's another one. Look at that. Oh. Hey, man, it's Christmas. I can drink. Uh, this one's called Glenn Grant 15-Year-Old Old Batch Strength Single Malt. So let me try that again. Glenn Grant 15-Year-Old Batch Strength Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. That's it. See, back in the 6th century, the Arabs, of, uh, the Arabs of Mesopotamia were distilling spirits from grapes for medicinal reasons and perfume. And Celtic missionaries got a whiff of the stuff, and they summarily brought it, those techniques, the distilling techniques, back to Scotland. So we have two diverse cultures to thank for the likes of Glenn Grant, 15-year-old, uh, which is about 80 bucks a bottle, by the way. Legendary whiskey expert Jim Murray's 2018 Scotch of the Year. Uh, the experience is pure joy from the fruity dessert-like aromas to the explosion of pear slices and vanilla on the palate. Behold a 100-proof autumn gold beauty from a 180-year-old brand that continues, like me, to get better with age. Uh, speaking of people get better with age, Maynard, that's right, you know, Tool just finally put all their music up for streaming and it, people went crazy for it. Um, he, they went on tour, they're selling out huge arenas. And as mentioned in the open, uh, Emma Patterson and I went to Arizona a while back and we, we got to sit down with Maynard and his lovely wife, Jen, and they made us a drink and it was a sort of a, a variation on Moscow Mule, which I think you should be making this holiday season. And let's have them tell us how we do that. We're here in Jerome, Arizona, and you're listening to Pussifer in the background, Conditions of My Parole, fantastic song. And the reason we're listening to that is because the man who recorded that song is standing right in front of us, uh, Mr. Maynard James Keenan. But, hello, but hello, we also hello. have another very special guest with us. The real reason we're here. The real reason. Jennifer Maynard James Keenan is <laughs> right here. Now, Jennifer Keenan, everybody. The better half. Upper Maynard. and better. The upper and better. Jennifer, how are you? I'm great. How are you? It's so good to see you, and thank you for doing our show. Thank you for having me. Well, you are the show today, and, and, and tell us why. Yeah, tell us what we're doing today. Um, I am making a Arizona pack mule. It's prickly pear. And it's like a Moscow mule, but with tequila and prickly pear. Is this something you came up with on your own? No, I just changed the name. <laughs> That's the best way to take, to take a drink. <laughs> At least yeah. she's honest. Yeah. Okay, let me, uh, l let me just help you. Yes, we, of course, invented this and trademarked it. Um, <laughs> Pussyforentertainment.com. 
So this is a take on the <laughs> traditional Moscow mule, which is, of course, vodka, ginger beer, and lemon juice, or uh, excuse me, uh, uh, lime juice, with an Arizona spin. Yes. Well, also, because copper cups, and there's so much copper in Arizona, this is almost like... And that's why these are unique, because we actually mined these last night. Yes. <laughs> smelted the copper we this morning, slept. made the cup by noon... And yeah. here we are. And here we are. It's incredible. Well, you did say there is this. What we're sitting on right now, this mountain here in Jerome, mm -hmm. was a one of the biggest copper mines in the world at one point, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a billion dollars of copper came out of here uh, early 1900s. Wow. And that's 1900 billions. Wow. That's insane. But you said there's still some left too, right? Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Yeah. And which is where you got these mugs. Well, okay. I, I don't, I'm not going to tell you where I got them. And can we just quickly talk about the, uh, the why it's a little bit haunted in this, this neck of the woods? Well, this is a mining community. So uh, back in the day, a lot of deaths, a lot of gunshots, the wild, wild west. So, you know, you're in a, you're in a ghost town. There's a lot, of, uh, no a lot of extreme activity here, turn of the century. There's a ghost hotel. No yeah. Way, really. yeah, the Grand Hotel is haunted. Um, but it really is. And why is that? Uh, I have my opinions. What's your opinion? Uh... Oh, my God. I'm going to get kicked out of every club. Come on. Uh, um, I fe uh, feelings, emotions are electromagnetic in nature. So when you have extreme uh, emotions, they leave an imprint. They're like an echo. Kind of like listening to Led Zeppelin. That tape kind of rolls around and you hear uh, Robert Plant's voice before you hear it because that electric, electromagnetic energy transfers to the magnetic tape above it. So you, you hear it. But what? not to get too technical, what is really grounding the uh is it anything to do with the copper the precious metals <gasps> mm. right? so we're in a spooky area your white your, your wires are made out of copper energy your it's, speakers i i would concur and if you need proof that it's a ghost town here drum try to get a drink at 11 o'clock at night you'll see what i mean ba boom but <laughs> <laughs> uh, they go to bed early in these parts but here yeah. we are drinking from copper mugs yes so so jen you made up this drink or possibly appropriated it, but you love the drink. And so this is, uh, I want to know now, what do you got here? We've got these copper mugs in front of us. But three really great tequilas here. Three tequilas, so all various stages of barrel aging. So that's what we're going to do here. And you're going to make it with with each one of these tequilas? Yeah. Okay, well, this is exciting. Oh, yeah. Wait, and what is this stuff here in the poison? It says poison in the... It does say that on the glass. It's not actually not the band. Yeah. Never the band. You come on, man. <laughs> it's a prickly pear simple syrup that I made. <gasps> okay. Did you, you pick? You were, you were, you were going to use a sound effect, weren't you? Ice um. into the <laughs> copper mug, which Ice makes it really cold. By the way, I mean yeah. the handle is freezing cold. The handle's freezing. Oh. Copper is a conductor of, of cold, I as we learned. Complaining. In, as we I learned hear. in our nice. biology class. I like it. Uh, now she's pouring a shot of the Patron, Roca Patron Silver, one oh. shot. Now there's one two shots, one and a half. Oh. One and a half. That's a, that's a minor oh, shot. heavy one and a half pour right there. Uh, and now we're pouring mm. the prickly pear juice. So how do you how do you get prickly pear juice? You can't just grab a pick prickly pear, right? That would be well, painful. it's a syrup she's made, I think. Yeah, yeah, but so, I yeah. took the I had to use tongs to okay. prick the uh, pull the prickly pears off the cactus and then you juice it and then make the simple syrup and cook it in the simple syrup. Didn't you say something about burning it? You have to burn it too because uh, you should if you're not going to juice it. Um, but I just, if I'm in a hurry, because sometimes you can't wait, um, I you just... Need your, you need your mule. 
Yeah. You just need it. So you're saying it's possible one of us could die drinking this because you were in a hurry. Didn't no, because I actually yeah. okay. filtered it through cheesecloth. Right. Also, sure. I was going to say, Emma, you go first. Tell me how this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already done. Take this a stuff. big sip. All right. Now, wait. Now, what, what are you putting? In uh, that's lime juice. Half. All right. So it's half an half an ounce or half a shot. Like you, half a shot. Okay. Half a shot. We're using a shot glass here for the pour. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, then just top it off with ginger beer. A little splash of ginger beer. Oh, that looks good. There, with a fork. Okay. And Slice of lime. Garnish with a lime. Boom. So there's that one. Let me try this. All you right. guys are going to be. So you guys, are, you guys are friends, right? You can pass those around. So you can try yeah, that, one, that one. That one. That one. All the time. Hmm, let me try. Yeah. Wow. Really? Why <laughs> <laughs> one? I want, people, so well, I, like I want people to know thing. I'm drinking. It's the sound effect. Oh, yeah, right. I want people to know. Got it. It's really good. Okay, but now I'm trying. Now I'm going to come up to the difference. Can I try yours? Yeah, the difference right away from a traditional Moscow Mule is obviously the spirit mm-hmm. and the prickly pears adding. Get it, ooh, Ghost Town ooh. spirit. That's it. See the connection. This is why Maynard's here for these sorts of no things. Mis- no mistake. Um, so yeah, the, the, obviously the tequila is bringing a different element to it a, a little bit. And this being a silver, you're not even going to get that much of the sort of smokiness that you would sometimes get. But this this is a different taste than vodka. And then the prickly pear is adding a, a little bit of a sweetness to it that I don't think you get with yes. the normal Moscow Mule, right? And it's and it's pretty pink color. It's inside. lovely. Yeah. It looks gorgeous in the copper cup. Because I, I did a Moscow Mule once with pure champagne. Everybody Ooh. hated it. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. Just pure champagne. It. it was just champagne. Can yeah. I um, possibly try a small amount of the prickly pear juice or the syrup oh, on its own? Because I actually don't know what it is it significantly. And I want to try and describe it to anyone that's never yeah. had it. And I obviously it doesn't actually it. have a lot of flavor. Is prickly pear it a fruit, so technically? Is it a. Uh, so uh, I guess it's a, it's a cactus fruit. It's earthy. Yeah. It's called Opuntia. Is that what they call prickly pears and opuncha? Do you want to try? No. I just, oh, want, to, right. I just want, to, I want to go silent and see how many times you say that word before anybody answers. <laughs> or, or somebody punches me. Opuncha? Yes. Don't mind yes, if I, I do. will. Bam. Uh, here we go. <laughs> what am I trying right now? Prickly pear syrup. No. Yeah, a little bit of simple syrup with prickly pear. Oh, my God. That's delicious. I mean, um, what would it take to make that a liqueur, too? Because Not much. Oh, that's good. Is there, I don't know that there is a prickly pear liqueur. Write that down, Bill. Um, no, no, no. Write it down. Honey, write it down. I don't know that I've ever <laughs> seen <laughs> that. That might be the place to go with this thing. Is go with it. Yeah. You know, marketing a prickly pear liqueur because mm-hmm. that's one of the very few I've never seen before. You know, there's pretty much a liqueur for almost every flavor imaginable. And your suggested cocktail that they make with it would be pack what mule. we are drinking. A pack yeah. mule. Uh, and then what, it really is all your own. I love it. You better get uh, to work, basically. Here's what, what I see. I see a bunch of cups that are not full. Yeah, what's uh, going on? Yeah, come on. Dude, let me go around the horn one more time. Can we have okay, more, we please? <laughs> Does prickly pear have like any particular health benefits? Like, Is it very high in vitamin C or a fiber? or What, what is it that we know about this fruit? Um, the only thing I really know is that it actually lowers your body temperature. Oh. Which is essential out here, the yeah. baking heat. Depending on the time of year. Oh, that's true. We don't want that at Don't night be time. chewing on those in December. Well, it's also used to, it helps uh, type 2 diabetes and high cholesterol. Dude. Alcohol hangover, what about colitis, gluten diarrhea. Me. 
<laughs> this is according to Web according to WebMD. It is used for type two diabetes, high cholesterol, obesity, alcohol hangover, colitis, diarrhea, and benign prostatic hypertrophy, which I suffer from. <laughs> As a prosthetic hypertrophic American, it's about time somebody stood up for us and made a drink. Yeah. But hang on, you just welcome missed, to Jerome. You just missed a really <laughs> interesting point. This is great for hangovers. Yeah, so but so imagine a liqueur that could reduce your hangover the next day. The more you drink, the less hung out. I see. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could possibly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure the liquor control board will agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, you just put that right on the yeah, bottle. Put it right on the bottle. Oh, look, WebMD says <laughs> Actually, Yeah, there it is. I saw it on WebMD. What's the name of it? What are you gonna What are we gonna call our prickly pear? Uh. Uh, juice, uh, the, the, the Dan Dunzel Washington. Ah. <laughs> Just squeeze some limes in there. Jen, anything else you'd like to add? Well, let's talk about exactly the, the measurements. So what was it? A, a shot and a half of tequila of their choice. Yes. Uh, was it a whole shot or half a shot of lime juice? Half a shot You're of lime. You're soaking in it. Half a shot of prickly pear. A full shot of prickly pear. Full shot of prickly pear. Simple syrup. Top it off with ginger beer. How much simple syrup? Um, well, it's mixed. Oh, so. the, oh, it's, oh, you're saying it's syrup, the, the prickly yeah. pear syrup. Okay. And then a top it off with ginger beer, garnish with a lime. Cup has, the mug has to have been mined, mined by you in and Jerome, Jerome and smelted overnight. Yourself. Those who drank it smelt it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Because oh, it was God, funny. Please, everybody. I know. Well, I don't know if there's anything left to say here. We're gonna, again, the recipe's going to be up on the social media. We want to thank Jen Keenan. And Maynard, you have anything to talk about, anything to discuss here? Anything you want to throw well, in? Anything you want to add? I'm drinking. Drinking. Fuck off. Jen missed her life picking these pears. She did, yeah. Um, and did a good job of getting the pricks out of there. There are no pricks. No Not pricks. a prick in here. In the drink. In the drink. Yeah. Yes. No drink. pricks in his drink. In the drink. Uh, that could be the. That could be the. Uh, uh, the you know the slogan. Sans the pricks. Yes. Delicious, delicious booze. Pink prick. Without pricks. A big, I like it. That's yeah. that's the marketing yeah, yeah. slogan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll Time to leave. Just uh, make your way out the way you came. Don't you know about the ways on the underside? What do you know? Got a hot shot cat from a North Bank in it. Yeah, that was fun. I want to go back. I want to go back to that place, Jerome, Arizona. I want to go back and hang with them. And I will. Don't you worry. Oh, someday I will. So, you know what, folks? I really hope you're having a great holiday. And I, I, I want to thank you for... Um, this is, I think, our 28th or 29th episode, something like that. We started it back in June. And, and so far, you know, I'm just really encouraged by the response we're getting and, and all the engagement we get uh, uh, from you on the social media and people sending me notes on Facebook and at the Imbiber, which is Twitter and um, Instagram. I'm going to, if you go there now, you'll see a picture of uh, Jen and Maynard from when we were making this drink. It's going to be up there on my Instagram right now. 
And I really encourage you to, to shoot me a note or anything and anything you want me to talk about on the show, love to do it. And I think I'm going to leave you uh, now with a, a poem that I wrote. It's a holiday themed poem. It's called the bash before Christmas. "'Twas the bash before Christmas, and all through the house "'were family and friends all getting quite soused. "'The nog had been spiked with some rum, I should say. "'It could have been Bacardi or maybe Mount Gay. "'The children were nestled all snug in their beds, "'while the grown-ups downstairs were getting lit out of their heads. "'There was wine, beer, liquor, and schnapps being poured, "'and champagne, hard cider, and port, and good lord!' I'd imbibed so much hooch over the course of this year that I'd figured I'd share some to spread the good cheer. The Fortaleza tequila with lime was a hit, but not when mixed with eggnog, no, that tasted like shit. The guests drank enough beer to fill a whale's bladder, while I swigged vodka soda so as not to get fatter. The single malt stash in a flash disappeared, just like my last girlfriend. She said I was weird. But then who needs a girlfriend when you've got lots of Dom and Krug and Heitzik and some fruitcake for mom? And no made at Christmas means no costly presents, which means not spending six months in debt like a peasant. This is the part where I should mention St. Nick, but to be perfectly honest, he's kind of a dick. Early this evening, he drank all the punch, then hurled on the rug what was left of his lunch. Because a few slugs are fine, but too many is wrong. And we probably should have never pulled out the bong. I was thoroughly baked as a sweet potato pie, which I devoured whole, again, because I was high. Before I tap out, let me leave you with this. I regret that it's not free booze, cash, or a kiss. It's a wish that this holiday good cheer abounds, and that Santa comes too, and picks up a few rounds. And with that, my friends, listeners, co-conspirators and whatever it is we're doing, I'm going to leave you with the wise words of Santa Claus. Dancer on, dancer on.